Oh my God, it's called Mama Economy? <laughs> we can't we can't do this yet. We have to wait. We save it for... I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. End. I'm just so excited. Okay. What's up, fellow gamers? Welcome to Henry Kissinger is Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat. Just a fact. We are the podcast. My name is Val Flight Cub, a.k.a. Adam Skiff. Like S-C-I-F. You'll get that later if you don't get it now. I love it. It's a little amuse-vouche. Um, I'm Alex Leafcrunch, a.k.a. All Koopas are Bowsers. So true. And deep. If you really think about it. We got a lot of wonderful things happening and also a lot of stupid things and we're going to talk about that second category probably a lot more (laughs) i know that we this is kind of becomes a sort of american heavy podcast sometimes but uh of course 50 percent of the guests guests 50 percent of the hosts (laughs) on today's episode are canadian well the, the guests too but you can't hear them oh well welcome to all of our wonderful guests alex would you like to tell me about some canadian politics Sure. Um, we can start with that. I have some t- some statistics for you. I'm I'm stitulated. Our election was this past week, uh, on Monday, the October twenty first. We we said yes to four ish more years of of Daddy Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we said I guess so. Eh. <laughs> so Mr. Tupto had a majority government going into this election, which means that he had over one hundred seventy seats in the House of Commons, meaning he had the ability to put through legislation fairly easily without having to cut deals with other parties because that's how parliaments work which is why it's not it's not a two-party system like americans think it is and like a lot of canadians act like it is uh, which i'll get into later but basically he has a minority now um he has 156 seats which means he has a very strong minority he only needs to get you know a few people to agree with him to uh, get anything through. And the only way to not get things through is for everyone to agree with each other and block him like the Democrats and Republicans do to each other all the time. Yeah, two-party systems are very good and they create the best, most democracy. Exactly. Um, the most democracy is the fewest people represented. Yes. So I have some some statistics, like I said. Um, this was the uh, highest uh, voter turnout in Canadian history. Wow. Well, so that's because of population growth. It actually, the percentage went down a few percentage points from last time, uh, from 68 to 65. Um, but of the 27 million uh, electors, 17.8 million people voted, which is pretty good. A really big help with that there was um, the Liberals had put out a big campaign to have like early vo- early early voting stations on campuses um, around the country, uh, which they kind of hoped would help them with the the young progressive vote. Of course, um, and I was hoping that that would backfire in their face and that everyone who voted early would vote NDP. That might have happened to some extent, but obviously they still it worked out for them in the end. You hate to see it, but it was like record breaking early voting turnout. So in that sense, it was a pretty good election. In another sense, it was a terrible election because uh, the Liberals campaigned last time on a ba- on a platform of abolishing first past the post, which is the system where each uh, electoral district elects one person and then that person's party gets like one point in parliament and then whoever has the most points wins. So that causes problems where, for example, uh, in most of Alberta, where it was a huge like conservative victory, those pe- like those uh, districts had like eighty two percent conservative votes. Um, but those are wasted votes because that only gets you one member. Whereas if uh, in other 
in other districts, I keep I keep trying not to say writings because it officially isn't writings anymore, which is good because writings is a bad word, but I'm also used to it. Well, not a bad word, but it's just like a it's a confusing word. Writings is canceled. Writings are canceled. Um, no more writing. No more written word. Um, <laughs> podcast only. Wait, is that wait? No, it's it's R I D I N G. Okay, I was just goofing. New district goofing. Um, but basically, if uh party gets just like the most votes in a district even if that's like 33% 34% of the vote they still win so basically what we saw was the popular vote was split like 33% liberals and 34% conservatives uh and then the rest like split between the other parties what happens is those votes kind of just get wasted uh and they don't represent the will of the people which in this case kind of worked out because if it was the popular vote then the conservatives would be in power which is an objectively worse state of affairs than the the liberals who are still bad being in power but what it also led to was a an enormous uh surge in the bloc quebecois which is a party that only runs in quebec uh it is a separatist party um and the person in charge of it I forget his name at the moment uh, very firmly reiterated that while also kind of not reiterating that. Um, he was like, uh, we are a separatist party and we will work for like Quebec's interests, but also we won't work against people if they're nice to us, uh, but we will we will work with them if they're nice to us. And it was very like, okay, so you're just kind of like having trying to have it both ways. Um, but what, so basically what that means is like because of this really bad voting system, the Bloc Québécois got half the support of the NDP, but they got eight more seats in Parliament um, just because their uh, support was very concentrated in one region. So the NDP, I think, lost uh, 10 seats, uh, and the NDP is our uh, nominally left-of-center party, um, who are like really the best option, beside, unless like the communists who were pulling at 0.5 or whatever percent got in they were they're the best viable option so the ndp is kind of like the bernie party of canada they're not as good as bernie honestly jagmeet singh uh the leader of the party uh was promising an abolition of student loan interest charges oh so close yeah so like kind of half steps also to be fair like our student loans aren't nearly as like catastrophic as they are in the states but, you know, that's still kind of a really half-assed platform. So yeah, the Liberals lost 27 seats uh, compared to their 2015 election results. Um, the the Conservatives uh, won 22 seats. The Bloc Québécois uh, won 22 seats as well. And the NDP lost 20 seats. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. The Green Party, uh, which is our self-contradictory party, because they are environmentalists and also conservatives okay <laughs> well they they don't really have an, a, co- a cohesive ideology they kind of run whoever will run for them so some of them are like pro-life candidates and the person in charge of the party won't like decry that anyway so they they went from two seats to three seats 50 percent. yeah so a huge increase there <laughs> the person i wanted to shout out in this election was jody wilson raybould who ran as an independent and won her writing. And that's like, it's very rare in Canada these days. Like it is still possible. Uh, She was the attorney general, which is basically the minister of justice. And then she was uh, ousted from the party during the SNC-Lavalin scandal last year, basically because uh, Justin Trudeau's party got caught doing illegal things. And then the minister of justice was like, hey, you can't do that. Uh, and then he was like, well, okay, bye. You're fired, Robert Mueller. You're fired, but also you're still a member of parliament because I can't unelect you. <laughs> um, but you're not in the party anymore. And so she's like, well, fine, I'll run independently and have a huge amount of support because everyone can clearly see that what you just did to me is bullshit. She's an indigenous woman. She's many women. No, <laughs> she's one indigenous woman running on a platform of true reconciliation and climate justice. And she has like... A lot of respect from the Canadian people, as far as I can tell, um, like across party lines, uh, because what happened to her was so incredibly unjust. Independent candidates usually kind of get relegated to just being ignored in the House of Commons, but hopefully her having such a strong, clear voice uh, will will help with things. That, that's very refreshing um, as an American to hear that an independent got anything at all and might be able to do something. Yeah. 
after the election, um, the uh, Angus Reid Institute uh, did a survey of voters and wanted to determine how many people were satisfied with uh, the party that they voted for. And so in a survey of uh, 1,587 voters, 65% of conservative voters were unsatisfied with who they voted for. 61% of liberals were unsatisfied with who they voted for, uh, compared to 33 and 32% for green for NDP and Greens, respectively. That's just kind of an indictment of strategic voting in general, which sucks and doesn't work and isn't necessary in a multi-party democracy. Like, in most cases, you can just vote for who you think would best represent you and not who you think needs to beat the other person who you like less. There are some exceptions, like uh, Matt and Stephanie of the show's writing of Oshawa, Ontario, where the the liberals insisted that everyone needed to vote liberal to get the conservative person not elected, despite the fact that actually the NDP were the runner-up. Um, so all the people ins- insisting that about the liberals were actually taking the vote away from the NDP, uh, and so it went to the conservatives anyway. But yeah, it's 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 so clearly more about actually I want this person in secretly than I don't want the other person in and have to tell you to vote wrong. Yeah, this whole like arithmetic that you have to do of like i like this person but if they don't win then the other party will win instead of the like second closest person it's so i don't understand why every nation that has voting doesn't have tiered voting doesn't have first choice second choice like that's an interesting point because that's what i thought too when the um voting reform came up last election but it turns out that what that tiered choice voting leads to is just centrist governments all the time. And like a better solution is actually a mixed member proportional representation where each district has multiple like representatives who have like a power based on how many people support them, which is proportional. It's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Proportionality. As someone ruled by the electoral college, that sounds fake. And probably not helpful. So I don't, I think we should just have one person decide for just a, a huge group of people, but have each of the groups different sizes. And and then um, whatever that person wants, they do that. And then um, the Republicans in the House and Senate just stop uh, anything from going through ever either way. So... <laughs> So that is a very that's a very interesting point. I'm gonna read up on um no I'm not. That's an interesting point though <laughs> about proportionality. Now I have a different thing to say in conversations about elections to sound smart. Thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Well, I'm gonna thank uh the the Canadian election special that we did last week because that's where I learned more about it. So it's just a circle of podcasting information. And if Matt was wrong about it, I'm gonna kick his ass. <laughs> It's only it's only fair. Yeah. Well, speaking about uh, Republicans and House committees and America. Yes. Allow me to tell you about some things that happened in America. Our story begins in 1492 when some kind of awful bastard didn't go to America <laughs> and didn't find it first. So the interesting story from American politics this week is uh, coming from House Republicans, um, led by a man named Matt Gates or Gats. He's the Republican from Florida. The one Republican from Florida? He's the only Republican from Florida. He's Florida man? He is Florida man. He and his bros decided that they were not being included in the impeachment proceedings that were being held. So he and a bunch of other Republicans stormed into um, an area where a closed door witness deposition was being held and, um, you know, had a big press conference and, and were having a sit-in because they were oppressed. They say it's to protest the fact that Republicans are not represented at these backdoor, these closed-door meetings, and they're not allowed in, you know, the impeachment process is such a partisan process, and they're being totally excluded. Meanwhile, 25% of House Republicans are allowed in those meetings. A lot of them aren't taking the opportunity to go into them. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's almost as if they don't actually oppose the way that the impeachments are happening, but the fact that it's happening at all. So you're saying they're being disingenuous. It's hard to believe, but yes. But republic but the Republicans stand for the Republic. They stand for the Republic. They have no choice but to stand. 
But the just amazing part of this story is that this was, as I said, a closed door witness deposition. Um, it was for a, um, a Pentagon official with jurisdiction over Ukraine policy, someone named Laura Cooper. And this was taking place in a sensitive compartmented information facility, also known as a SCIF. And some of these Republicans were live tweeting the fact that they had barged into this place, which is a breach of natural, national security. It, it's just, it's incredible because they're like, they're saying that Democrats are disrespecting the impeachment process and the way that this is supposed to be done and they're being so improper. Meanwhile, like they're ordering pizza at their skiff protest thing. They're posting. Yeah, they're posting. So one thing I saw from this was like, after the fact, one of these people had a tweet like that said like tweets from staff yes <laughs> yeah it was it was a, a tweet that was like me and my colleagues or blah 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 and then like immediately like or not i don't even know if it was immediate or, or what but following up was like all tweets are made by staff another person there actually had a recording of conversations that were being had in these in this <laughs> thing and somebody was like do your staff record this as well <laughs> the tweet that was a recording from inside the skiff um Representative Alex Mooney, who is an adult person, um, tweeted, breaking my report from inside the SCIF hearing room where we are exposing Adam Schiff's secret so-called impeachment inquiry. And then it's a, I think, a muffled kind of audio recording of mm -hmm. them talking about these kind of things. Um, just totally not something you're allowed to even have yeah. in the SCIF, let alone, I mean, the, it, the whole point the whole reason that you don't bring phones into that kind of place is so that you can't make recordings. <laughs> like, But then how would he make a recording? How is he going to post otherwise? So, you know the Twitter that's like congressional Wikipedia edits? Yes. What if someone was delegating their staff, or the claim that they were delegating their staff to edit the Wikipedia for like their favorite rock band while they're in the Congress house? <laughs> All Wikipedia edits made by staff. The other joke there is Laura Cooper is my favorite uh, Riverdale Twin Peaks crossover character <laughs> who drink Laura Cooper. <laughs> look at this plastic covering around my head. Do I look normal? I'm weird. Do you ever see me without this plastic covering around my head? Who tweet Laura Cooper? Oh, I only know so much about Riverdale, but that sounds very plausible of a crossover. The only thing I know about Riverdale is because I know a lot about like Archie comics. And so I hear people's names and I'm like, oh yeah, that's like that character. And then it's like, they do drugs and die and kill and fight <laughs> bears. And like, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you remember um, Veronica's funny rich dad? He boxes Archie. <laughs> I mean, that I think that has happened in the comics. Okay. Yeah, I'll grant it. That sounds right. If not, it sh it, it should. <laughs> Man, Hiram Lodge. What if it was the black Hiram Lodge? The black Hiram? Mm, well. That just sounds like a black person whose name it's a, is... It's a Latino Hiram Lodge this time. <laughs> yeah. What if it was the black Hiram Lodge, tw Twin Peaks, not race? Hiram Black Lodge. Hiram Black Lodge. What if, what if, what if, it, sorry, this is the episode now. What if, um... What if Archie was in the Red Room and he knocked over Hiram Black Lodge's Ming vase and <laughs> Hiram Black Lodge said, my Ming vase, but backwards. <laughs> I know so little about Twin Peaks. What if the funny principal... Mr. Weatherby. What if Mr. Weatherby had a motorcycle and overacted? <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> the, <laughs> the idea of... Of, of Mr. Weatherby going on, like, a personal, like, angst journey to, like, some mansion in the woods and, like, getting seduced by this soap opera lady on his motorcycle is very good. Again, I'm just gonna believe that that's something that happened at Twin Peaks. I, I mean, I half remember it. Oh, oh, no. I accidentally scheduled a date with Veronica and Betty. And damn hot. <laughs> <laughs> Can we think of any else? Anything else? Yeah, one more, one more. Um, loghead. Loghead. Have you ever seen me without this log in my arms? I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Republicans be on their cell phones. Rudy Giuliani at like 11.30 at night on October 16th, 11.07 p.m., called a reporter that had he had been talking to, that the reporter had been talking to him about a, a different story. And the reporter was asleep, so he didn't pick up. And when he woke up, he got a three-minute message 
from Rudy Giuliani that was clearly um, a butt dial. And uh, there's some stuff that doesn't make any, you know, make any sense. Just some probably above the board stuff. Regular business. Regular business. And uh, then then you, you hear him say, the problem is we need some money. Oh, well, ain't that always the problem? We need a, a few hundred thousand, he says. So when he's talking about somebody who's got, who is in Turkey at the time. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of, kind of a garbled, a lot of different things, but it's an NBC, you know, he's got this three minute message of him talking about, oh, you got to like look into Biden and you, we need money and we need like, and this NBC reporter just went through the, the voicemail and just was like picking apart, like, this is what, you know, this could be a reference to this person. This could be a reference to this, like who is this person, Robert, that he mentions with ties to Turkey? Robert Turkey. Robert Turkey, the inventor of Turkey, um, the bird, not the country. When you're a kid, you think that everyone who's an adult has it figured out. Right. And when you're an adult who's not a politician, you think that politicians, there's only one, you know, there's only one way to become a politician. That's to be really smart and really calculated. And then you see Rudy Giuliani on television and you think, oh, no, this is just a person. Well, to be fair, he's not a politician. He's a lawyer. True. And lawyers famously do not have to be calculated in their actions. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, politicians have to be like Littlefinger. They have to be fighting all battles in their minds all the time. Lawyers don't have, they have to be like, um, who's a student? They have to be like Victorian Greyjoy, who's, uh, I think he's only in the books, um, but he's very stupid. So that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I follow. Have you you've heard of Kevin M. Cruz? The um, don't think I have. He's a history professor who's most famous for dunking on Dinesh Souza. Okay. Who is he's a guy who's always like Democrats like to hide that Lincoln was a Republican. Mm, right. He's the guy who's like D Democrats drive like this and Republicans <laughs> drive like this. Yes, exactly. And he's like the Klan was Democrats like. Yes. And then the 1960s happened, Dinesh. What to heck? But following Kevin M. Cruz on Twitter, my timeline is just like, I see that picture of Rudy Giuliani on Fox News with like his eyes bugged out and he's making a like, like that face. I see that picture on my timeline so much because like there's always news coming out of just like Rudy Giuliani said or did something really boneheaded again oopsie he's just posting he's terminally online it's amazing because like trump like created a new world of like you can just say stuff and just decided that he was just gonna say all of the things that he was thinking and they happen to be like racism and sexism and things of that nature rudy giuliani apparently does a lot of crime and doesn't know how to not talk about it i don't know man it's just i don't even i can't even like be upset about it because it's just it feels like unreal <laughs> there's like yeah it's like there's no way that that's really what it is but like yes it is i don't remember if it was on the podcast or on someone else's podcast or just in the discord but someone was like we're just waiting for rudy giuliani to be walking down the streets of downtown Manhattan in a trench coat and to trip over and just all of his li folders labeled crimes like tumble out. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised at all if at some point they end up having to search Rudy Giuliani's office and he just has a dedicated drawer of just like crime stuff. Yeah, so on his on his desktop, he has like a, a folder labeled you know you know like uh, tax returns, and then inside that folder, there's a weirdly like large folder labeled like personal and then inside that folder is a, only one folder and it's the same size as the other folder and it's labeled don't look inside and then inside that folder is all his crimes <laughs> yes yes and also his vacation pics because he just yeah he doesn't know where to put them and he doesn't know how to like he doesn't know how to put like passwords on folders <laughs> right that Reminds me of one time I put all of my embarrassing photos into the trash can of my my computer before I gave it to my dad to fix. And my sister later was like, dad wanted me to tell you that you should empty the the trash can on the computer um, if you don't want people to see the pictures that are in there. <laughs> and I was like, ah! oh my God. That reminds me of the time that I had all my crimes in a folder. <laughs> I put them in, in the trash can and then the trash collectors knocked on my door and said, here's your crimes back. And it was my dad. And then I woke up. And my pillow was gone. <laughs> my pillow was <laughs> a crime folder. I'd spelled out crime on my pillow in snot. Ew. I didn't want to say blood, but I think snot was worse, actually. Drool, perhaps. The, the snot of the mouth. Before we get to shout outs, I, there's another 
kind of a side story to the election or like a, a, a sequel to the election that I want to talk about. Yes. So you have a you have a bit of a, a little secret thing, some content that I was not privy to. Well, so I wanted to get your like immediate reactions. So I have a map here. Okay. Um, and this is a map that has been floating around with some some persuasive arguments on it. And this map is is a lot like a shitty pet store in that it has nothing but dog whistles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so here we have a map of Canada, and it's divided in half. Uh, the western half is labeled Western Independence. Um, and I actually hurt my throat uh, doing this in H-Bomber voice earlier, um, but I'll try to do that again. So we have Western Independence, conservative ideology, and free enterprise land, and also the third largest oil reserve in the world. Um, so that's the big blue part. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's like, you know, everyone... So you think, you see that, you think everyone over in the West is conservative, and they, you know... They're, they're capitalists, they love free enterprise, and they love oil. Yes. And then there's a big hockey stick, and it's the ideological split, East versus West, Red versus Blue, just like Halo. And you have Ontario here, which is red, and it's labeled Globalist Socialism and Economical Socialism, Canada. And so that's, uh, you know, white nationalist. Um, and then you have a lighter blue, uh, Quebec, uh, which is labeled Not Canada. Quebec never signed the multiculturalist Canadian constitution of 1982, which is another dog whistle. So, you know, even if you don't agree with, you know, the spin on this map, you think, well, you know, those are pretty, pretty clear, like, like, look at those colors. You can't argue with those colors. It's just three blobs of color. It seems like everybody on that side believes that thing and everybody on that side believes the other thing. Right. So here's the actual electoral map of Canada. Oh, it's <laughs> completely not the same shape at all it's kind of different so we do have here uh alberta and saskatchewan the two central provinces are very blue um there actually is you can't even see it on this map but there is one uh orange ndp district left in alberta godspeed to them no i can't even see it yeah yeah it's very small but then you have bc on the other side of alberta and that's actually that like the blue part there that's uh bc the light blue or the dark blue this is great audio but bc is basically split in half yeah so there's like the interior, which is conservative, and then the coast, which is mostly NDP with a couple of liberal and green spots, and also um, Jody Wilkinson Booth's. Nope, that's that's not the name. Oh my god, Jody. Jody Foster, actress. Jody Wilson Raybould. Jody Wilson Raybould. Jody Wilson Raybould never had a real job in Full her life. Full Metal Alchemist voice. Jody Wilson Raybould. <laughs> the um the post of. Uh, me doing my wedding vows, Full Metal Alchemist, my wife in a different voice, Full Metal Alchemist. I didn't know that that was a reference to anything. <laughs> that was just, we'll both say it. <laughs> I, I remember that post vaguely, and I wouldn't have known that when I saw it. So I think I thought the same thing. Um, So you have this, you know, this considerable blue uh, interior, but it's not the entire West. And also the North is, there's three, there's three districts up there because it's a very small population. But uh, Yukon and Northwest Territories are liberal, and Nunavut is orange. But, you know, uh, if you're a Wexiteer, which is what this is called, I should have said that, it's Wexit. Oh my god! Wexit. It's, it's Wexit. It's Western Exit, but it also is just White Exit. If you notice, they, they just, they're just taking the whole North with them, because it's free enterprise land. Do you get it? It's very sparsely populated, predominantly indigenous population, so they can just take it with them, and it has all the oil in it, and they can just take it. Wow. It's free. It's free real estate. It's free real estate. Just in time for Christopher Columbus Day. The other shitty part about this, just like, besides the fact that the West isn't all blue, is that Ontario isn't all red. Um, most of Southern Ontario is blue. Uh, and that, like, blue chunk on the bottom is a considerable, like, portion of Canada's population. That's where most of the people live. And there's a lot of rural conservatives in Ontario and a lot of there's a lot of conservative immigrant populations because various reasons but like there's there's some orange in Ontario there's some red in Ontario but and there's like a lot of red in the greater Toronto area but most of the population of Ontario is blue it's just an absurd map it's complete white nationalist propaganda and this is a story that the Canadian media is actually running with because some people are saying hey why don't we just like take Alberta and get and you know we join the states and then they give Canada Minnesota what come on it's really it really sucks to have it actually like be in the news cycle because it is nothing looking at these two maps I'm it's difficult for me to figure out where they're supposed to overlap 
like which is supposed to be what because they don't i mean there's so much ndp that's not acknowledged in that first map at all well i mean so what it is is these albertan separatists think that they're like being overlooked and being ignored by like canadian culture and canadian politics and then what they do is they take the entire western heart half of the country and overlook everyone around them and th- and they're the ones who are who matter there there's so much cognitive dissonance going into that well it's like well we're the ones that matter in this area exactly they think like they're the little guys and then they take more than half the country and say it's theirs i think this is a very small amount of people actually thinking this and i think that a lot of those people are very bad faith white nationalist folks kind of like drumming up support for this i don't think it's going to go anywhere um but the fact that the media is running with this shows that they haven't really learned anything about dealing with white nationalist dog whistles which we already know but it's just really disheartening to see this get people's attention because it's 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 nothing and it's stupid and it's racist and i just wanted to say also speaking of alberta their their premier so they um the provinces have like separate governments for the provincial government. So this map like is our uh, our federal election, but then within each province is also like mostly the same districts are used for a provincial election. And the latest one in Alberta went very conservative as well as their like federal election. And so the provincial premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, just put out his budget, uh, and he's basically gutting all social infrastructure because of balanced budgets. You got to balance the budget somehow. Uh, and that can't be uh, increasing tax revenue. That has to be, you know, cutting spending. Alberta has a 0% t- sales tax because they have basically basically been coasting on oil for decades. And so they're, they have like a $62 billion provincial debt. Uh, and his solution for that is to cut funding to every service. He said, we're not going to like be replacing people who retire in core government jobs. Yeah, it's absurd. So Albertans have plenty of right to be angry, um, but they're not angry at the right people. Be angry at capitalists. I never understand this like small government argument because it's like, what is the point of government if it isn't to do things for the people? Like, oh, we can't be spending our money on social programs because then we won't have money to spend on uh, giving to billionaires. What? Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the billionaires, if you know, if there's no government, the billionaires will just do things for us because they'll, you know, they'll own us, but we like it. Dominoes will fill the potholes. Mm, mm-hmm, with pizza. With pizza. Have you seen those videos of the the guy who like puts sunflower seeds in like broken furniture oh and like God. sands them down and like paints over them? Yes. What if Domino's does that, but with pizza in potholes? I think that would be very good and it would work well. And that could replace government. It should. Replace every cop with a bus stop and replace the government with sunflower seeds. <laughs> um, let's get into shout outs. All right. Just shout out to uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. For just being a very prepared questioner, um, there was a hearing with um, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Sh- Schmuckerberg. Mark, hold on, I got one. Uh, Mark, but like the other meaning of the word Mark. Got him. Zuckerberg, regular. And, you know, honestly, I didn't look into what this hearing was about. Um, I mean, it seems like he... It seems like he just lives there now. They always just need to ask him questions. So he's like, okay, he just has like a, like a sleeping bag in the like the hallway uh they just bring him in when they need him so aoc was asking him about uh fake news on facebook and how uh politicians are actually just allowed to run ads that say anything and she said you know would i be able to run an ad that was targeted towards some certain type of voter um telling them the wrong election date and he said well no we have rules against speech that would um, incite violence things that would lead to direct harm and things that would um lead to census suppression so that's something specific. But then she said, um, would I be able to run, run ads targeted towards Republicans saying that they voted for the new Green New Deal? And he just was like, gulp. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think probably. And she's like, so you don't know? And he's like, yeah, I think you could. She's like, great. He said, a congresswoman, congresswoman, a congresswoman, with all due respect, I don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I saw a great tweet that was like, very bold of him to say, I don't know off the top of my head when the top of his head looks like that. He doesn't know off the top of his head. He hasn't looked up there. He, do- he clearly does not know what he looks like. Um, I saw something, too, that said, like, he he has a an obsession with Julius Caesar. Oh, oh, my God. That's totally what he looks like. 
So that's what that's the haircut. He purposefully has that haircut, which makes sense. Like he has the turf bangs that make his head look very wide. So maybe he thinks it makes him look smarter. He doesn't have turf bangs. He has like a tattoo of turf bangs. Oh my God. Was Julius Caesar a turf? Wow. I'm soft blocking him just in case. I didn't know. Yikes. Yike. Just followed Julius Caesar because he had some funny tweets. I mean, follow does not equal endorsement. Neither does retweet or like or reply with I endorse this. You know, I can put up with massacring the gulls, but I draw the line at turfiness. <laughs> Wait, did Judas do something problematic? Wait, is Cleopatra the Grimes of her age? No! What does that mean? I don't know, because she, cause she's like, he's like Elon Musk. And then she, they dated. And then Cleopatra uh, texted Tyra Banks. Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. And then, yeah, Azalea Banks, like, like posted all the texts and, mm-hmm. um, oh no, I guess, I guess Cleopatra texted Shakespeare and then mm-hmm. Shakespeare posted all the tweets in, <laughs> or all the texts in a play. Did Cleopatra and Caesar date? Wasn't that Antony? I think it was like a, a Twin Peaks triangle. What does Twin Peaks triangle mean? The one that you referenced, like, like Jughead and Betty and Archie and Veronica, but not Jughead. I forgot. It wasn't Jughead. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. The classic Twin Peaks tri- love triangle of RGB. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's actually what the, the triangle is in Riverdale. No, yeah, it is. B- but it's not in the comics, because Jughead doesn't date. So in the TV show, it is a square, yes, of Jughead, Archie, Veronica, and Betty. I think so. Whereas, obviously, it should be just a line between Veronica and Betty. Yes, it should be. And it is. Comic books belong to their readers. I have drawn a line between them in all of my copies. And I use a red pen because it's the red line of fate. Right. Yeah, I draw a shipping diagram on every page that I see. Anyway, what was this about? Oh, we were talking about Cleopatra. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Cleopatra. Um, Yes. Yeah, so she's she's great. Oh, AOC stands for Anthony on Cleopatra. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony? Overrated. Cleopatra? That's what it stands for. I want to shout out uh, hashtag Team Trees, which I don't know much about, but it's billing itself as the biggest YouTube collab ever. Um, And it's basically just a a YouTube community thing encouraging people to donate so that they can plant some trees. Uh, They want to plant 20 million trees. They need $20 million because I guess it costs a dollar a tree. I cannot vouch for the effectiveness of this campaign or the people involved. Um, I think the person who uh started it is named mr beast which i i have no opinion of him at all i don't know i cannot uh shout out does not equal endorsement um but i think it's i think it's just cool that like a big youtube collab can get 20 million trees planted maybe also we need to protect the trees we already have because planting trees takes time for them to grow and we need to keep the ones we have absolutely um so if the if the youtubers want to like chain themselves to trees and then vlog from there that would be cool that would be that would be better oh yeah that's how logan paul could turn around turn his image around as if he chained himself to a forest instead of going into one and exploiting it but it has to be one that somebody was already was was actually going to chop down and then he stopped it in other environmental news i guess i just i just learned about this but apparently um uluru uh aka ayers rock in australia the big rock that everyone loves um it's finally being permanently closed to uh tourists and hiking and being you know trampled on um because it's a really significant indigenous uh place people were just destroying it with tourism unfortunately it seems like in the lead up to it being closed people were extra shitty on it which really sucks but you know hopefully the australian government will keep it protected from now on because uh natural landmarks and places of spiritual significance for indigenous peoples should be treated with respect. Absolutely. Well, that is that is a tentatively very good news. Um, I, for, I realized that we forgot to do a little transition thingy. So can we just do a little, say, uh, can I say a thing about uh, the Ireland politics thing? Yeah. Yes. Um, so here's Ireland. Take it away, Matra McCubestums. Um, okay. And then this is the one that we'll put if they don't put it in there. So over the weekend, Matt GameCube uh, talked to friend of the show, Sarah McCostumes, about Ireland's political situation in terms of Brexit and just kind of generally how they're doing. That is going to be coming out soon. So, so keep an eye out. 
to learn more about Earl Paul. I call it Earl Ball. Do you want to do a transition back to the episode where we go, ha ha ha, ha ha. Great one, Matt. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Classic Matt. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. So um, Jordan B. writing books. Jordan B. Peterson and his daughter came out with a book about how eating only meat has cured them of diseases and depression and all sorts of weird things. It is very non-scientifical. I haven't read it, but I know that. And um, the cover is just so strange. It's a big picture of uh, Michaela Peterson and then a slightly smaller next to her in Jokerman font. (laughs) (laughs) Smaller, blurrier, badly cropped. Badly cropped version. Yeah, picture of Jordan B. Peterson. Um, like they're not the same scale. They're not the same scale or color. They're both in swimsuits, which I imagine is to like show their physiques and like how good this has been for them. Neither of them look very good. (laughs) They just look normal. Peterson, I almost called him Peter. Jordan looks very blurry. It's a very bad book cover for a very bad book. I can only imagine that when they were making the cover, first of all, they put 10 minutes of time into it, but Second of all, they were like, oh, we should put pictures of us in our bathing suits so like we look cool and we look healthy. And then Jordan, Mr. B. Peterson, was like, well, a lot of my readers are men, so they're not going to want to say me. So we got to put Michaela more on the cover, bigger, you know, more prominent. He's not even looking at the camera. My enormous fit daughter. I'm embarrassed to be seen with my daughter who's three feet taller than me. So yeah, check that out. Look at, look at it and laugh. Don't read the book. No, right, right, right. Do not, do not. Do judge this book by its cover. Yes. Don't buy its cover. I mean, maybe do buy its cover. <laughs> no. As a, as a big poster. <laughs> Our last piece of news uh, comes out of China. Um, this is actually, this is a silly one, but this is from Wednesday, October 23rd. Chinese businessman Tan Youhui. Oh my God, that was no, there's no way that that was the correct way to say it, but I'm not going to do any better on the second try. He was looking for a hitman to take out a competitor, Wei Mao and was willing to pay 2 million yuan to get the job done. Uh, the hitman that uh, Mr. Yuhui, God, uh, hired decided to offer the job to another hitman. And, but then the second hitman had a great idea of subcontracting to another hitman. And that hitman had a really interesting original idea of hiring a different hitman to do it for him. And that fourth hitman, he said, you know what? I don't want to do that. And you know what? And because the original, uh, you know, each hitman was taking his own cut from hiring his subcontractor, the fifth person to be offered the job was so offended by how little the contract was, he found the target and told him to fake his own death. (laughs) So he also subcontracted it to the hit. He also just told the guy to do it himself. (laughs) And because of that, uh, the, you know, the rival... Um, must have gone to the police at that point. Um, And that was how uh, the police found out about it. And this was, so all five of them, all five hitmen have been jailed for attempted murder. But they didn't even attempt it. None of them even attempted. Yes. (laughs) So great. This feels like a Looney Tunes, literally like a cartoonish comedy sketch. Yeah. Five of them. (laughs) They're, They're all going to jail. The first, the person who hired the original hitman was jailed for five years. The first hitman got three and a half years and then three years and three months. And then the last one, fourth one was sentenced to three years. And then the last one was two years and seven months. So they get paid less, but they also got jailed less. Matryoshka hit doll. Exactly. Each one smaller. It's really funny. They have this picture of one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, all five of them in the court. <laughs> Is each one smaller than the next? If you're not going to look it up, then yes. The last one is smaller, and they're all smaller. So one guy walked into the courtroom, and then the judge says, I thought there were I thought there were five defendants. And then the guy, like, splits in half, and a, another one pops out of him. And then the judge, et cetera, until there are five different-sized men, all wearing handcuffs. And by the time they get to the fifth one, the judge was like, do I really have to tell you? Show me the fifth man, please. And the bailiff was laughing so hard that they all just skedaddled away. Very embarrassing, actually, for the courts. It's just such a funny story. Five! Five of them! I love it! Will you do it for two million? Sure. Will you do it for 1.75? 
Sure. Will you do it for 1.5? Will you do it for 1.3? Uh-huh. Will you do it for 1 million? 1 million? What do I look like? No. You should fake your own death, man. <laughs> what do I look like? A, a, a three foot tall hitman? I've got, <laughs> I've got seven tiny mouths to feed. <laughs> They're all inside of me. <laughs> I'm the I'm the prime. I'm I'm the one with the one the other like the more inside. The other guys are all hollow. They can take whatever money they want. I've got all the future generations inside me. <laughs> God. I would say this has escaped us, but I don't know that we ever had it. Sorry? The the joke. Oh the joke. Oh no, it's I mean it's all the it's all good. It's all a good joke. You know the the video game Hitman? I have heard of it, yes. You know of it? It it's it's called Hitman. I haven't played it. I just hope that they add a reference to this to that. Like I hope that in a future like level for that there's an option to just hire a smaller hitman <laughs> <laughs> i mean the first guy did it you know the first one who wanted to take out his business rival said why don't i hire a hitman and everybody else just had the same good idea right i hired this hitman to kill you in the in the head but i but i sold my head to hire this hitman to kill you in the heart but i sold my heart to <laughs> oh no <laughs> Before we go on to Lightbringers, there's there's one more thing that just came up right before we started recording, which is that Tay Zonday tweeted, are you confused about the economy? Oh. Let me explain. I am very confused about the economy. And so there's a four minute video here that I think we should watch. Okay. And that's... Um, we're not going to like live react to it. We'll just, we'll watch it and come back to you guys. So we'll leave a... We'll leave a link to it in the show notes, and then uh, we can all come back and discuss whatever this is. All right. Four minutes later. Um, go off. Go off, King. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That was so good. I feel like I understand the economy better than I did. I have to watch that again and take notes. So we found the uh, the outro music for sure. Oh, my God. Yes. Mama economy. Help me understand. That is such... I, I'm so impressed yeah not only has he learned how to breathe without moving his face away from the mic (laughs) (laughs) get you a guy who can do both yeah he's a comrade actually i think he just sang that whole song without without breathing i think that's how he did it i mean it's hard to breathe when in this economy in this economy so if you didn't uh listen to that during the episode i don't know i don't think we can like cut it into the episode because it's not ours but definitely listen to that and we'll put a teaser at the end of the episode for the outro music it is very good honestly i'm thinking back on the lyrics of chocolate rain and i feel like oh no yeah chocolate rain is an incredibly like racially aware song like yeah and i didn't know that until the neo cesarica version on one of the mouth albums because he put it to like very somber music oh my gosh um and the fact that chocolate rain came out when i was like 12 and didn't listen to what the lyrics were and wouldn't have understood them also it's cool that he collabed with uh doc ock from into the spider-verse for this (laughs) yeah why was that her outfit I know she wasn't in like cosplay, but it was still like she's dressed up in various different outfits for sh- for videos before. So like that has to be an intentional outfit that she was wearing. I think what she's saying is that Doc Ock is a an accelerationist left leftist. It tracks. So confirmed. That's confirmed. Confirmed. She that's how that's how she and uh, Aunt May met was at uh, an Antifa meeting. Yes. <sighs> okay. Um. So shall we get into Lightbringers? Um. My Lightbringer. Um, since I was watching a couple of YouTube videos about trees, my lightbringer is trees. They they rule. They literally take all the carbon from the air and turn it into wood. Um, trees are uh, between 50 and 90% carbon made from carbon dioxide. Literally, they're just air made solid Wow! in a way that takes all the, the air hurting juice out of the air. <laughs> they provide shade and oxygen and food and shelter and uh material and uh ecosystems and uh erosion prevention and uh they look good and they're my friends they smell good they smell good uh except for ginkgo trees are they stinky they smell like cum ew only in the fall i think when they're like shedding stinko trees stinko trees (laughs) trees are a very good light bringer um and also light shader as you mentioned Mm. my light bringer is that I recently found an album by a uh, a guy who's on YouTube. Um, he's also like, um, like he's well known from Vine. Um, his name is Danny Gonzalez, and he has an album called Bump This that is very funny. Um, 
Yeah, it, he has a song about like how, um, you know, he makes so much money and he's um, bored of the way that other rappers flex Every by buying a bunch of foreign cars. But honestly, it's getting kind of boring. So I bought a train. I pull up in a train. I sold all my cars and bought a 90-year-old train. You might think it's lame, but your boy just changed the game. <laughs> it's just like they're all, you know, they're all really funny, um, really funny songs like that. Um, I liked it. So, yeah. So we'd like to thank our patrons. Um, every patron we have gets access to our bonus material. That's pre-shows, post-shows. Uh, the cut for time segments, the extended Lightbringer segments. Um, we're we are working on like we've we've had some more Patreon material uh, in the past couple months because uh, it was pretty sparse for a while there. Um, so thanks for bearing with us and hope that you like the stuff we're putting out and stuff we're gonna try to put more of out. That grammar. Um, for five dollars and up patrons, you get the special role of comrade in our Discord and a shout out in the podcast. And for $10 and up, you get the special role of Conrad in the Discord, and you can listen in live, as zero people are doing right now. That's fine. <laughs> so we'd like to thank our $5 and up comrades and Conrads, uh, who are Stephanie Ruff, David Besser, Berger Meister, Hmm, Alex Schaup, Pregnant Seinfeld, Six Arm Sweater, Michael Weems, Florianne Siegel, A Sexual Fish Tank, The Tallest Jew, Tuster McGee, Ellen, Summer Geist, Alex Hoot, Bryant, Chaz Goblin, Nick Clarkson, Maximilian Rower, Destryhawk, Kadejo, Ashinu, Nonbinary with Left Beef, Bryce, Dick Butt is the Real Jesus, PR the Disaster, Dijonese, and Paul Blart Fleshcart. Thanks. If you'd like to find us elsewhere, we are on Facebook, Reddit, Tumblr, Twitter at HKIPGTD. And thank you to Bisexual Punch Party for running our Reddit. I don't have the thing open. I'm sorry. Oh, you were doing that off the dome? Yeah. You got it. Okay. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Evil Men off the album Cold Hearted Town. Um, thanks to Matt Noisespace for noisespace.xyz, the podcast network that we're on. Um, if you've had some technical troubles with it weeks, it's just because it's being migrated to some better hosting. Uh, so thanks for bearing with us. Um, hopefully you haven't missed any uh, important podcasts from our network, such as City Girls Make Do. The Stick. Dragging it. Fear baiting. That's all of them. Um, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> There's many more. There are. They're good. I like them. So I think that's just about it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you learned something. Hope you grew. Hope you physically, literally grew. I'm a foot taller. I'm three feet taller than my dad. Memento Pokemori. Are you confused about the economy? Well, have no fear. I'm going to explain the American economy right now. The dollar, just think of it like a promise from the government But the value of the dollar has to be there to be relevant The value of the dollar comes from China and Iran When they put the cash reserves in a U.S. dollar plan They buy treasury bonds from the Federal Reserve We say we owe you extra money because you gave us some of yours